Well, well, well. I know that song probably triggers a few of you uh, Leaf fans out there, but uh, welcome back to the pond, everybody. My name is Colton Pegana. I'm joined here uh, by my co-host, Mike. How you doing, buddy? What are you drinking nowadays? Uh, at the moment, uh, putting down a Stella. Ooh. Have some Coronas in the fridge. Got got some limes on deck. Jeez, nothing but Not imports, eh? <laughs> you know it. You know it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's getting hot here in uh, in Canada, so I mean, the Corona's probably going down real nice, eh? Oh yeah, yeah, it's good. Good, the best beach beer there is out there. Oh, hundred percent. In my opinion, yeah, yeah. has to be. Uh, but we have to. Um, I mean, I know we're a little bit late on the episode, guys. Apologize for that. Um, you know, computer issues within the move got us. Uh, you know back a little bit but we you know we we have to come through with the episode and i know we have a lot to talk about today mike so um yeah i mean we won't waste any more time we'll get right to it um i think honestly first things first we need to talk about i mean and i know leaf fans are probably not going to be happy about this but we need to address that final game between columbus and the toronto maple leafs and like even right now, at the time that we're recording this, we're recording it on Wednesday at 5.17. So even now, games are going on right now. I think it's the Washington game. Yep. Yeah. Where they're leading yeah. one nothing. So, I mean, uh, we have a ton of games to talk about. But I think uh, before we talk about the Columbus series right now, which had a absolutely crazy game one, um, we'll talk about, I guess, the not-so-crazy game five of toronto versus columbus which i don't know my like i that series was so like back and forth and i know we both said that toronto was going to win that series but man like what a disappointing yeah. way to finish the series like yeah i mean to be honest with you like i think both of us both of us said like you know and i think a lot of people said toronto really this is a mismatch toronto should be able to win this series right. on paper they're the better team um but in reality that was the eight seed against the nine seed right right um yeah. so i it's hard to like they i think i feel like people weren't giving columbus enough credit our, ourselves included going into that um and columbus looked unreal man they did. i honestly think um obviously they went with Merzlikens in game four after they came back after putting him in in game three um but i can't i can't help but feel that um corpus Salo might have just won them game four straight up yeah 100 um, percent. so and but i mean hey like you're looking at a tampa bay team now that just went five periods without scoring against columbus so i feel like to a certain extent that kind of makes makes it a little bit easier on toronto fans it's not uh it's not just you. Uh, Columbus yeah. <laughs> is just a, a hard-ass team to beat. Seth Jones, man. Holy shit. Yeah, what um, a player, eh? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like that's obviously a tough one on Toronto. And I think, I think a, lot of, like, a lot of people are clamoring for this player, the, the coach, Keith, um, for there to be some wholesale changes there. Um, and I think we can get that into that more maybe in another episode. Uh, maybe closer to the draft, we can kind of run through some teams and, and what changes they might need to make. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I mean, I feel like Toronto just needs to be patient with it. I think this was a tough year, T a very tough matchup for them. Um, and like, man, Columbus looks good. Like, uh, like just going into, going into the series against Tampa Bay, like I'm not at all convinced Tampa Bay can beat them over seven games. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
uh closing note on toronto before we move on to the series just in general um it seems to be uh like a it's almost like you know i don't even know how to describe it it's, it's just it's a record player you know what i mean you're playing the same yeah. thing over and over again like toronto needs to make changes and i understand that like they still have a very very good team but the problem is yeah. is that every single year they have the exact same issue and it's defense they yeah and because you think about it in toronto's main like their their claim to fame is their offense well if that's the case then where is your offense when you really need it because it was not there in columbus or i in toronto when you were playing Columbus game five, yeah. when it was a do or die situation yeah. and you lose three, nothing when the night before, because it was a back to back the night before you came back and scored four times in like what it was like 15 minutes or something like that. Like I know yeah. the, yeah. the two goals were back to back. It was like within a minute. Yeah. They threw three in the last four at the end of the third and right. then halfway through the first OT. I don't know, man. I feel like yes. Yet. Like obviously that really hurts. Um, but even Keith, I think, said in his post-series interview, like, they didn't get any puck luck. Like, holy That's shit. Fair. You know, like, I think he said their shooting percentage was somewhere around 2%, which is just insanely Yikes. low. Yeah. And it makes you even feel like maybe give them another two games, make it a best of seven instead of best of five. Maybe they could have turned that around. Kind of reverted towards uh, the mean there. But, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of those, like... I feel like Edmonton and Toronto are in the same boat to a certain extent where there's this, there's a mat, like given the market they're in, they're in the Canadian market. Toronto obviously is the, in, is insane. Yep. Um, but they, they're under so much pressure to win now with the pieces they have. Um, and I feel like a lot of the time, those like teams like that, you kind of, you can't force moves to, to that will work. You right. know, yeah. you kind of, to a certain extent, you need to be patient until the right person or the right deal comes up and then you make your move. Um, like you look at Washington, they, they were perennial chokers at different stages of the playoffs for so many years. Um, and then eventually over time, you know, they added pieces. Um, Holtby came through. Uh, TJ Oshie was a huge part of their cup run, you know. And like they they were able to get those players like on a fairly fairly good deals. I feel like you just kind of need you can't just go out and be like, okay, we're gonna get a top top two defenseman or like a shutdown defenseman, like one of the best in the league. Because if you force a trade like that, you're gonna end up giving up way too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I you're sacrificing you your long term um, success, right? So yeah, I agree that stuff needs to change, but I don't necessarily think that uh, they don't need to overreact. I think I think honestly, they fill out their roster um, with the defensemen they have in their system. Nick Robertson looked great; like they got a they have a good AHL team, um, and like I don't think there would be that much of a problem starting next season with the same roster they had this year. Yeah, um, maybe maybe you make a move at the deadline, um, but you know, like on a different day, their team could could maybe win that series. I don't think it was like it wasn't obviously not a blowout by any means, so. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what, what happens going forward because obviously in the Toronto market, there's a ton of pressure to, oh, to do something. Yeah, and, and like media is obviously going to blow problems and, uh, you know, their non-success way out of proportion. And we see it every single year, especially not yeah. with just Toronto, but with other teams as well. Like um, Montreal, I know, faces a lot of scrutiny out east. 
and um yeah. i mean ottawa has been bad for a long time and <laughs> and they face yeah. a lot of bad media so i mean uh yeah. that's another thing but at the same time you have to think about it like uh dubas has made a lot of good moves like bringing yeah. over jake muzzin it was was a great move he's the exact type of person that you would want on your d to be able to not only contribute offensively but be able to give a defensive part to your team that you don't you didn't have prior right so yeah yeah it's it's he's made some great moves and especially like um the one the one move that i wasn't really a fan of was uh like honestly, it was the Tyson Berry trade, and and yeah, and you were I, a fan of that. <laughs> from, I mean, I was from a Colorado from a, perspective. Exactly, from a Colorado perspective, I loved it because uh, yeah. we got Kadri, and Kadri has been an absolute beauty of a player. You know what I mean? But Tyson Berry was not the guy that they needed in Toronto. They didn't need another no. offensive defenseman. They have Morgan Riley for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they had, yeah. they have already a lot of offense they need they don't need a puck moving defenseman they need a guy who's going to be able to just lay people out lay down the law and bring some grit to that hockey team that and you know what i actually the i just reminded myself of a beautiful point and literally beautiful so today at work and shout out to my buddy at work brian he he brought this up and it actually is is a great point okay so he said he was talking to a girl that I work with online and he was saying how much he thinks that the Leafs suck. And she's not even a hockey, <laughs> like she's not a hockey person at all. She's just, you know, she knows that like living in Ontario, if you don't watch hockey a lot, you're probably just like a Leaf fan by default because um, yeah. everybody else is in Ontario. Uh, yep. So she was like, oh yeah, like I like Toronto because like uh, she said, I, li- I like the Leafs don't like chirp them like i think mitch marner is cute and i was like oh that's funny you know what i mean like (laughs) whatever like that's such like a you know it's a non-hockey fan but it sounds so much like a regular leaf fan like they you know (laughs) they're like oh well well this is good you know like we have austin matthews it's like okay you need more than that but anyways that's beside the point i i took literally what she said and i thought about it and i broke it down and i was like it it's actually true like think about toronto as a team they are cute that's all they are they're they're cute they're not they're not scary they're not a scary hockey team that's true in in especially in the east when you have so many powerhouse teams that are like like tampa bay scary good yeah like very very good and scary in the regular season nobody wants to play tampa bay toronto is is not scary they're cute they play pretty hockey they they when they score it's it's nice goals they're they're really nice goals and they're it's like pretty hockey but yeah pretty hockey is not how you win a stanley cup or even get close to it for that matter you know what i yeah. mean so, yeah i mean i i agree i do think though that like especially with this roster um Keith didn't even have the whole season. It feels like it was so long ago, but Babcock got fired at the beginning of this season. Am I yeah. right? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm right about that, right? Yeah. yeah. So, like, it was very close. Well, it was when they went on the losing streak at the beginning, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, Keith didn't actually have that much time with the team. Um, I think he's a good coach moving forward. Um, and I definitely, Muzzin was a huge loss for them. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Especially in that series specifically. Uh, and bringing in Marinson, like, 
he obviously wasn't um, up to up to the, the level they needed him to be to replace someone like Muzzin. Um, but like they've got Rasmus Sandin in their system, who not super gritty, but will be a I think a good NHL defenseman at some point. Yes. Um, so you know, I think like a little bit more patience, um, and then find find the moves as they come up, right? Yeah. Um, you know, like I mean, look at uh, look at Calgary trading Neil for uh, Lucic. Lucic is on like a what a five game point streak now. Yeah, like surprisingly, yeah, like which is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah seriously, like, but he is, I guess. So you know, like adding that little bit of grit. Like I don't think last year anybody could have told you that this year the Calgary Flames would beat Winnipeg in the manner that they beat them. It wasn't. It wasn't because they outskilled them. They just beat the shit out of them. Right. Um, yeah. And that's they they changed. It t- only took a couple moves. And they ch- kind of changed the complexion of their team, what they focused on. Um, and I feel like I feel like Toronto can can succeed doing the same sort of thing. Um, but and I mean, it's probably a conversation for another day. But the the cap issues they're going to have are going to be insane. Right. Um, so some of those moves might need to be pretty high profile at some point. But we'll yeah. we'll have to see. So um, before we, and I know we've already been, we've been talking about the Leafs for like pretty much 10 minutes now, but um, <laughs> to close it out. So there's a couple, I've been hearing rumors about, and this is, you know, uh, speculation, obviously there's like, when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs, there's always going to be speculation around like every aspect of the team. Right. You know? Yeah. No, um, yeah. So I'm hearing things about potentially getting rid of Nylander. So oh. And and not Nylander for just like some Joe Schmo, but but I'm talking about like trying to work out a deal so that Nylander can be worth something that they can trade for maybe multiple guys or maybe one person. You know what I mean? So yeah. and it, let's wasn't, just say wasn't part of the deal though when they signed him that they wouldn't move him. Well, see, that's the thing though is that it wasn't. I don't think, and I may be wrong here, so don't quote me on this, but I'm like yeah. almost a hundred percent sure that nylander and dubas just talked and had like a yeah. verbal agreement that as long yeah. as dubas was in toronto that nylander wasn't going anywhere yeah it's not written into the contract though exactly yeah it was a, yeah, it was like a right. you know what i mean so yeah i don't know if that necessarily means that he's like you know if they're boy, mm-hmm. i don't even know if they're boys like they might be i mean dubas is pretty yeah. young so like you, you know what know. i mean so you never know um yeah, uh, I you, think that's so harsh. It is like because... I, I love. I honestly love Neilander. I think well, yeah. he, he gets so so much undue criticism in Toronto. Like, say what you will about him, but um, he is extremely high end offensive talent. Right. Um, right. And I think you put him on a team where he's getting consistent first line minutes. He's going to make you look stupid pretty quick for trading him. Yeah. Um, especially given like his fairly reasonable cap hit um i mean yeah like on on wing i feel like if you're gonna move one person you move marner um yeah and i think now especially after this series like i i don't think i think the criticism might be a little bit overblown but we've even talked about it last week um that he did not have a great series especially the first couple games he actually looked awful maybe one of the worst players on the leafs um, and obviously like he has the talent, he, he's not a bad player by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but on a team where you have so many other pieces, I don't know that you can afford to pay someone, but like him that much money, 
Um, and you like, cause you look at other guys that get that sort of money um, and like everyone has had success or they're Connor McDavid. Yeah, like, exactly. You yeah. Know? Like Leon Dreisaitl is making nine and a half million dollars. Yeah. Wow. What a bargain. How, how, yeah. Like it's insane. Um, so, I mean, and the other thing too, like, I feel like people don't talk about it quite enough is I'm pretty sure Washington is the only team in the cap era to win with a player making more than 10 mil. Really? Um, yeah, with Ovechkin. Yes. Uh, Chicago won theirs before Taves and Kane's contracts kicked in, the 10.5 millions. Jeez. Crosby and Malkin both make under 10. Um, nobody on St. Louis makes above 10. Um, you look at like, so, so you're on a team where you basically have three people. Well, what, that top line makes 35 million just on their own? Like, yeah. it's really hard to build a team around that that can be competitive. So, I like their hands are a little bit tied there. So, it'd be interesting to see. Um, I, it's going to take some real creativity from Dubas to to get that to 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 make changes without blowing it all up. Because I don't yep. think he blow it up yet. I think no. they they have they have so many pieces. You you stick with it for a little bit at least. I was going to say making uh even a couple changes, let alone one, would not be enough to blow the Leafs up. Um, they have so many pieces, especially like they have guys that are so young that are so talented that yeah they're going to be able to produce regardless. It's not like you know, they're, they're a, um, like a Minnesota, for example, where their guys are all like pretty much over the age of 30 and they're, you know, there's not, yeah. you know, you have Dumba, but other than that, you're kind of not looking too hot. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and, yeah. and that's obviously a stretch in terms of comparison, but, yeah. um, you know what I mean? Like it, I agree with you too. I think so last year when Nylander held out and he got a big contract, I was I was not a fan of him because I said he hasn't he hasn't played enough to be able to earn that contract and not to mention too he also like he held out on the Leafs until what it was like until December 1st or something like that and and he I mean he didn't need to do that obviously he was trying to get every like you know he was trying to nickel and dime the Leafs as much as he could but I yeah. mean at the same time like this year, he was super impressive, and he definitely gained my respect. And in the playoffs, he was one of the best players on the ice. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, so he's making six point nine, basically seven mil a year. Yeah. That's that's the cap hit. Yeah. Um. So, I think like, you know, over what whatever six year deal, I think by the end of the six year deal, that's going to look like a beauty of a contract. Definitely. Um. I agree. Whereas, whereas Marner making whatever he does, like what, 11 and a half or something, um, that, that may not pan out the same way, especially when you look at like the, the comparables, like look at like Pasternak. Pasternak makes an insanely little amount of money for what he does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he just was like, you know what, man, like I don't need to get paid that much to play hockey. Like I would play for free. Right. So yeah. he's making just a little bit less than William Nylander um, per year. And that's, that's like a player, like, you know, like obviously the Boston culture, you kind of, people take less there to win. Right. Um, right. And I think that's a really big problem with Toronto. I think getting rid of or, or trying to mitigate that sort of culture of like nickel and diming sort of thing. Yeah. Um, to get people on team-friendly deals. Um, and and it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Dubas definitely has uh, a lot of work on his hands there. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, we're starting to see that kind of culture of buying into 
you know your team rather than how you know trying to go for the the biggest contract possible we heard yeah. um earlier this season nathan mckinnon saying that he was willing to take a much lower deal in order to keep the yeah. team together um and i'm pretty sure he learned that from crosby um because yeah. they're boys and it's like that that kind of a thing is only going to become more and more common as time goes on because if you're really really good you're not looking for the money you're looking for a stanley cup and yeah. i know for a fact that if you get if you get like three to four guys that are high high-end skill and they all agree to to try to just make it work for the team then they're i mean we could see dynasties you know what i mean like yeah dude 100 percent. yeah i mean yeah like also like taylor hall is another example of that i'm pretty sure he came out recently um saying like look like i've made my money i will take like a significant discount to go to a team where i think i can win right uh and he's a ufa after this season like after these playoffs um presumably if arizona does well he would uh be more likely to stay yeah um but someone like that like you can get taylor hall on a team friendly deal like even for him like team friendly anything below like nine mil i guess yeah um like that's that's the sort of player that can put a team over the top you know nine mil like that's that would be enough colorado has cap space for that yeah it's true so so that's crazy um but but we'll have to see it's gonna be it's gonna be a really interesting offseason that's for sure yeah there's definitely gonna be some big moves and like we'll talk about like we said before we're gonna talk about all that stuff on another episode and it'll be uh cool to see rfas that are becoming ufas and uh ufas that are you know their contracts are up and and you know yeah. they're they're kind of seeing the market and seeing what's up yeah. so yeah um, one last one one note about that too is i think tyson barry's out of a contract now um yeah. he's a ufa and he left their last the game he left game five early injured um so you really just you gotta hope he'll be healthy again um and he'll get get someone to pick him up because uh, that's like literally the worst worst possible timing for an injury going into a ufa summer so oh definitely all the the best for him yeah and i'm sure he will he's a he's a pretty skilled uh defenseman and to be honest like just because uh one it doesn't work out on one team does not mean that you can't revive your career um i mean we see that with kevin fiala um, just absolutely lighting it up for some reason on minnesota i'm not sure why (laughs) but (laughs) i mean hey if it if it ain't broke don't fix it right but yeah all right well enough about um the leafs that was a solid like 20 minutes of talking just about the leafs um yeah (laughs) anyway so i think um (laughs) well leading uh from that that horrible uh just like shutout um by columbus where they just got absolutely uh toronto got absolutely dummied um it's kind of kind of cool to lead into this because last night we saw uh i think it was I read on the screen it was the fourth longest hockey game in NHL history. Yeah, um, yeah, they needed they needed one more minute. They need one one and or one and a half more minutes of game time for it to be the longest ever. Wow. So yeah. just unreal amount of time. Five overtimes and it finally got settled by Tampa Bay. Uh Braden Point just absolute laser. I know the puck was on edge. I don't know if you saw that goal, Mike, but puck, oh, yeah. puck was on edge and he slung it and holy shit, right in the back of yeah. the net. You know, one thing I do got to say, Corpusalo, like, for facing, I think, what, he faced 88 shots, so that means they they lost 3-2, so he would have made 85 saves in that game. That is absolutely yeah. ridiculous. 
That's like, insane, man. That is absolutely... Um, I'm pretty sure he was close to beating an NHL record for most saves in a single game. Yeah, I looked it up. He has the re- He actually broke the record for uh, playoff saves. Wow. Um, and the record for actual saves in an NHL game was set by some dude in like 1936. Uh, and oh, it was the record was nine, 92 saves. Oh, wow. Um, so he was pretty close. So he, he was really close. And like in 1936 like doesn't even count so yeah exactly <laughs> i was like before hockey was even <laughs> yeah that you know, didn't even exist right hockey Slap didn't even exist didn't even uh, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> okay so um i mean now that we're done you know stroking off uh corpus Allo here um yeah what a what a game and you know it's funny because the game that i saw last night the five overtime game was very much kind of like reminded me of the Toronto versus Columbus series where you saw, I mean, you saw pretty much Toronto would bring it out of their zone and get caught in the neutral zone and then it would go back the other way. And But now mm-hmm. it's Tampa is stopping Columbus in the neutral zone and then just keeping it in Columbus's end for like pretty much the whole time. And then like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, at the, I, yeah. I think at the end of regulation time, they were up by shots, I think, by like 15 or 16 shots. And that, yeah. I know shots isn't everything, but that goes to show you how, like, puck possession and, like, decent scoring chances. That, mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, Columbus was blocking so many as well. Exactly. So it's, yeah. I mean, Corpus Allo did a great, a great job of absolutely, like, putting up a wall. But at the same time, like, like Columbus was eating pucks, like, pretty much all game long and then when it got into the overtime everybody was so exhausted to even like you know get into a decent scoring chances it took like you know an on-edge puck from Braden Point to actually beat Corpus Allo which I didn't think it was going to end to be honest like um, yeah holy shit (laughs) but yeah I don't think we'll be seeing a, a game like that anytime soon hopefully not yeah that was a marathon bro yeah um but yeah man like I honestly think like I was I was saying saying about it during the game actually that I felt like that long into overtime if Columbus won that game Tampa was completely finished. Yeah. I don't I, see Tampa Bay coming back from that. But I don't I don't think that goes the other way. I think Columbus will motivate off that. Um and we got a series on our hands there because I mean a team like Tampa Bay with the offense they have even even minus Steven Stamkos that the offensive talent that they've got on that team to go from, I think they scored their last goal in the second period. So to go third period, four and a half overtime periods with that, like keeping them shut out, like that's scary for Tampa going forward, man. Cause like, it wasn't like they weren't trying, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think I like they're, they're clearly not that much better. And I think Columbus matches up just as well against them as they did against the Leafs. Um, Seth Jones, like holy shit, we already said that. Yeah, but what a Jesus player! Christ, this guy, and he's he's he played like sixty three minutes, and it wasn't like sixty three minutes of standing in front of his net. The dude was end to end. Boy, can he skate! Like, yeah, he was all over the place. What a game! He, yeah. he he could carry them through it, and like I feel like five overtimes, obviously completely exhausting. Um, but I feel like that that the exhaustion from that may not show up right away. It'll be a few games down the line. Um, when it'll really catch up with them. Um, so, like, I, I, I wrote out, because uh, we were planning to record on Monday, 
Um, so I, I wrote out some of my picks on Monday afternoon. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I actually, I, I actually had uh, Columbus winning, winning this series four two. Um, and I, I, I'm sticking with it, man. Like I actually think that they've got this. Um, I don't, I don't see Tampa Bay like kind of breaking them down in any way that like they, if, if Tampa Bay were to be able to break them down, they would have in that game. Um, and like even the Braden point point goal was more my kind of, kind of fluky more than anything. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so I feel like Columbus, like, I, I think Columbus has this. Um, and maybe if Stamkos comes back, maybe that changes things a little bit. Um, but, man, like, a, a one, or, one or two more pucks go a different way. Like, one of Tampa, Tampa's second goal was super unlucky for Columbus as well. Um, so oh, as long yeah. as Columbus can oh. stay healthy, um, I saw Gavrikov right before the goal uh, got hit by a puck. He looked like he was in a bit of uh, trouble there. So yep. hopefully he's healthy to play. Um, but yeah, like Corpusalo and like dude, from the from him forward, man, like they look really, really good. Pierre Luc Dubois, holy shit, what a monster. Um their their offensive line, like they're they're looking unreal, man. Yeah. And I mean, you haven't even mentioned Zach Warensky yet. Uh yeah. just absolutely causing, you know, mayhem on the uh, on the ice i don't know how many penalties he drew over the course of that game but i know every single time that there was a penalty called it was because of him so yeah. i mean just being an absolute menace uh and still contributing often offensively and defensively so um, yeah to be honest and i my oh sorry go ahead i was just gonna say like props to the columbus gm uh, like kekalainen or something yeah um like Yaramir kekalainen yeah to to have the balls on the dude to basically tell a top three goalie and a top three player that they can fuck off instead yeah. of trading them at the deadline last season, just losing Bobrovsky and Panarin for free. And like, you kind of love to see it. I think it was a gutsy move at the time and it's getting rewarded now, man. Like, so what they lost them. They still got a strong team and shit, man. They're looking good. Yeah, they definitely are. I, so I mean, I'm going to I'm going to say honestly, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say after that first win, the five overtime, I'm thinking that Tampa's going to ride this this momentum. I don't think it's going to be a quick series, but I think it's going to be um I I think it's going to go 7 games. I think Tampa's going to take it um 4-3. Okay. Um at okay. the very end. And and you know yeah. what? I think that's just because that you know they're playing with a chip on their shoulder already from last year. They know what's yeah. at stake here. Um, yeah, they're Braden Point and Kucherov are snapping right now, and that's without Stamkos and Victor Hedman not at a hundred percent. So, if Tampa yeah. can if Tampa can keep this up, I can one hundred percent see them winning against Columbus. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say it's gonna be easy, but yeah. I just think in the end they're gonna finally notch Columbus. And if they do notch Columbus, and they have to play. Uh, what? How? How is it going to work? Are they going to play the winner of the Montreal Philadelphia series? Is that how it works? Or? Uh, it would depend. It depends on who wins. I think it gets reseeded after each round. Right. Yeah. So they're they probably play the second lowest seeded team. Okay. Unless okay. unless Montreal beats Philly. Right. Um, okay. But yeah. So, I mean, the the one thing like I think we said it in our first episode when we when we broke it all down that a healthy headman 
is such a big factor seriously for dude. Tampa Bay. Yeah. And like he didn't look like injured or anything in uh in game one there. Um, but I know he he was struggling. They he left their last round robin game and wasn't practicing. So um that's a concern moving forward. If he isn't a hundred percent, that could really hurt. Uh Stamkos is out indefinitely. I don't even know what the injury is. It's like an abdo- abdominal thing or something, I think. Yeah, I don't um, know. They haven't really said much about so, it. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if he could potentially come back if the game goes or the series goes six or seven games. Um, but those are going to be big things. And I'd be a little bit concerned about just like a mental block. You know, sometimes teams just come up against someone that they just can't get past. Um, and it sort of feels like Columbus and Tampa that, 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 that might have that dynamic. Tampa winning game one would make a dent in that. But uh, I, I still got belief in Columbus, man. Yeah, I hear you. And I like I said, this series could go either way. Like, yeah, um, yeah. but a, definitely a good one to watch for sure. Uh, given last year's, um, yeah, events that Lots unfolded. Lots on the line. Lots yeah. on the line. Oh yeah. Um. So with that being said, we will talk about uh the the other game that has already been played. Um, Boston and Carolina, which actually got bumped to today as we are yeah. recording this. Um, given the five overtime uh, (laughs) battle that happened yesterday Um, so this one I haven't I haven't quite got to watch uh, any of the highlights or anything like that but um, looking at the scorecard right now you know what this is exactly what Boston needed like 100% is what Boston needed because if you look at the goals you have David Krejci you have uh, Coyle you have David Pasternak and then you have Patrice Bergeron. So yeah, what it like in the last couple episodes, I've been saying if Boston can't get their top line going, they're going to be in trouble. And then yeah, what and happens? They got two today? goals from them today. Exactly. It's it's yeah. you know what it's it's exactly what the doctor ordered for a win. And you know what, for going zero three in the round robin to come out now in the first game and beat Carolina, who swept yeah. New York Rangers, like. Um, yeah, that's it, huge. It, it, it's a massive win for Boston. And, um, you know, the the if you look right now at the scorecard, like David Pasternak, first goal, Brad Marchand, first assist, Patrice yeah. Bergeron, second assist. So, like, this top line has been absent for all three games. And now in this game, they end up, like, actually putting some points up on the board. So, you know what? You, you got to you got to be scared of a Boston team when their top line is rolling. And then, yeah. then, then the depth kicks in and that's when teams just start to, they, they struggle. And yeah, I don't know. Definitely. Um, I, I think this one again is going to go a really, really long series. Cause I don't think Boston is just going to clean up against Carolina. We've, we've underestimated the hurricanes yeah. before and look what happened. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but what are your yeah. what are, like did you watch any of this game what are your thoughts on it so far i wasn't able to catch the game i was actually out on the links uh shooting a double over par, like a double par on a three par today so <laughs> there you go there you, know, you go uh, unfortunately my golf skills didn't magically get better overnight but uh no i i didn't get to see this game but just just like looking at the round robin oh three for boston obviously they needed to turn it on um marshand even came out and said in an interview look like these are basically preseason games doesn't matter at all that's a bold statement against a carolina team who just looked unstoppable yeah in the in the plans um dougie hamilton is back that's huge for carolina massive um the double ot today 
that's a rough one to lose. Um, but in a seven game series, it's not, I don't, I don't think that's a, that's a backbreaker by any means. Um, I'm just looking what I have written down. I had Carolina winning the, winning the series four one. Um, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know what I was thinking of <laughs> right, writing that down. But I, I am, I'm behind Carolina in this one. I think they got this. Um, yeah. I don't. I like. Obviously, Boston had a good game today, um, and they were able to turn it up a bit, turn it up a notch from the the round robin. Um, but I feel like I feel like Carolina, like their top line is just so good, and I feel like they can match up against Boston's top line. Um, and over a seven game series, I think. Um, Carolina's depth on the the back end, like their defensemen, like first pair to third pair, um, I think that's going to be be the difference maker. And they have Justin Williams, who is playing. Plans, he, he doesn't have a point yet, but that's because the plans weren't technically playoffs. Um, so now that he's in the playoffs, the dude's just going to turn it on, light it up. I'm expecting him to to start putting points up. Um, and yeah, I, I got Carolina. I guess not four one. I'll give them four two, um, but yeah, I, I I think I think Boston's in trouble here, even even though they won today. Yeah, you know what? You know what? I totally agree with you. I I am also gonna go four two, uh, Carolina. I think, you know, Boston is a great team, and we've seen what they can do in the past. But to be honest, um, Carolina is is on such a roll right now, and yeah. they have a, such a powerhouse of a team. And that's them be them being so underrated still is is one of the reasons why I think that they're gonna go far in these playoffs. And yeah. obviously we'll get into the series later, but another great example of this is Philadelphia. Like coming into the the round robin in the playoffs, I don't think anybody would have picked Philly to win the cup. But then their first seed out of the round robin, they're absolutely rolling right now. And like it doesn't look like anybody's gonna stop them. Obviously, yeah. you know, this is before oh, we'll the legit exactly like they yeah. play tonight. Um, yeah. so we'll see there. But, um, if you look at teams that are underrated and they go in already being the underdog by a mile, it's like they tend to play more for each other and not for, you know, yeah, hey, this is going to be good for my career or whatever. And I'm not saying yeah. that Boston has, has those kind of people on it either, but I think that Boston has, has a lot of experience. And Carolina wants to get that experience. So they're going to try harder because Boston right now is like, oh, we're in first round, you know, like, like Marshawn said in that interview, it was yeah. Marshawn, right? Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. Marshawn. Like he said in that, in that first interview, these are like, he, he almost sounds like he's not taking it seriously, but Carolina swept the Rangers. They are taking it seriously. Like they, they wanted yeah. to get in and get out of that uh, play in round as quickly as they possibly could. And they did it. So yeah. I mean, like think about yeah. it. And think it's, a, of, it's yeah. a trap, man. Like I feel like Pittsburgh fell into it a bit, where you know you have the experience, the kind of been there, done that attitude, um, where it's like, okay, we won't panic. Like we know what we need to do. But at a certain point, you need that fire under your ass. And yeah. I feel like Carolina is similar to Columbus in that sense. Similar coaching styles, where it's very motivational. Except I feel like Carolina just has so much more depth so much more skill um that like i mean because they're younger you don't give them the credit necessarily that boston gets but i really don't think like man to man carolina is any worse than boston is and i mean going back that last the the game three 
sequence between Carolina and the Rangers where each of the Carolina players on the ice threw their face in front of the net, like one at a time to block shots. Goalie was down. There was like three people in the crease. Um, Like they want it so bad. Um, And just looking at that mentality Boston had in the, in the round Robin, like I feel like, yeah, yes, they won today, but I feel like it kind of takes some ramping up. Um, And I mean, Carolina having lost that, they're going to be out with a vengeance in game two. So that's going to be a tough one for Boston. Um, But obviously also like, it's a t- they're a tough team to count out. They've been there so many times. So. Right. They've been there, uh, done that. So Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think uh, we'll we'll finish off that series and move on to... Um, we'll go right up to the top there. Um, and this one, you know, look, I, I know I was way, way, way off with the <laughs> Montreal Canadiens versus the Pittsburgh Penguins, but I am 100% confident in saying that I think... The Philadelphia Flyers will 4-0 the Canadians with no struggle whatsoever. Not, and I am, I am. You know what? If if Montreal sweeps the Flyers, the podcast oh is done. God. The podcast is done. <laughs> uh, we're we're quitting. We're it, we'll have it like five six episodes, and then that's yeah. it. All right, because we'll we'll, we'll we'll live stream bocce ball instead. Exactly. Yeah, I'm down for it. And uh, but that is how confident <laughs> I am in in. Uh, not not the Flyers sweeping, but winning this series. If Montreal wins this series, then yeah, it's the the podcast is over. The pond melted. It's now just fucking a big <laughs> thing we, of water. We got, we got global warmed. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, yeah, I I completely agree. I would be willing to give Montreal a game in this series, just because I think like the last game against Pittsburgh, especially. It wasn't just Carey Price carrying them. They yeah. actually were they were legitimately outplaying Pittsburgh. Um Pittsburgh so didn't look interested at all. Pittsburgh looked awful, first of all, yes. But I feel like you gotta give the credit where credit's due. Montreal course, Montreal yeah. played the game they needed to play. Their young guns stepped up. Nick Suzuki, Nick Suzuki, um fuck, what's his name? The the Finnish kid. Uh Kakanyemi. Um, yeah, Kakanyemi honestly was way better than i was expecting him to be he wasn't even in the nhl when the 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 season paused um so oh yeah they sent him down i I forgot about that yeah yeah so i mean i feel like montreal kind of would have wanted like that last round robin game um i think between tampa and philly that philly won montreal would have wanted tampa to win that i feel like montreal matches up great against tampa bay yeah because they can play a similar style um, but against Philly, like, you know, Carrot Philly is not going to let Carey Price steal the series because they're just going to run him over. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. This is, this is like, it's almost reminiscent of the Broad Street Bullies where you had John LeClaire and Eric Lindros, just yep. massive fuckers. They're like, how are you going to beat that? Yep. Um, and, you know, like, I feel like Pittsburgh didn't do enough to kind of quote unquote get in Price's kitchen. Um, and I think Philly is going to no holds barred. Um, they're just going to bully Montreal. Uh, and that's, I think one area where the inexperience of having a young team like that, um, and not a ton of size on the front end, like they don't oh, have definitely. a ton of big, yeah. they have, they have decently big defensemen, but not, not, not terribly large forwards. Um, that's going to make a big difference. Um, Philly's got high skill players, who are also massive dudes um, on the back end and 
throughout all like their top top nine forwards pretty much um and they're getting scoring from everywhere like we talked about in the first episode that goal scott lawton scored in the, yeah. the, the like exhibition game at the beginning the dude didn't stop there he's on fire um yeah so, he's just <laughs> plugging away like yeah, yeah yeah so i feel like i feel like philly like they're gonna they're gonna make life so hard for montreal to defend against them i can't i can't see montreal standing up to them in a seven game series yeah and you know what you pretty much said it well there um and if you're talking about goaltender battle like man Carey price is we've seen what he can do he did it in the first round but i mean carter hart definitely has his head on his shoulders you know what i mean like this guy is yeah. he, he's been playing lights out so far and also like they brian elliott is also you got to give him a hand too like fuck he's been yeah. playing really good hockey and you know what uh that would have been my only concern is that if carter hart was to get hurt then where are you going to get your goaltending from but brian elliott stepped up big time in um and he's man he he's been looking good so uh i mean all around philly is looking like a like a really good team and to, like if i'm being honest they're kind of my favorites in the east right now like i don't see a team yeah. other than carolina that is showing that much like you know heart and and you know resilience uh in these games that it, they're just i mean fuck philly's running everybody over right now so but <laughs> literally dude <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, yeah i completely agree they look uh, to me they look like the strongest team in the east and i don't even think it's close no not even a little bit so uh yeah that's i mean that's really all that you can say about about this series it's, it's gonna be i think it's gonna be pretty quick um and yeah i you said 4-1 i say 4-1 yeah. we'll give montreal a game just you know yeah. so that we don't fuck ourselves over in the when, <laughs> you know we won't have people oh my god you you bet the sweep and it didn't happen yeah um, and i i would also just like to say like we we uh canadian teams didn't do so hot in the first round um but i would love i would absolutely love to see montreal win this series yeah i just don't yeah. think i just don't think it's gonna happen yeah um, yeah I agree. But, you know, you know, rooting for the Canadian teams where we can, right? Yeah, exactly. And then you know what? Like we said, probably not going to happen. But if it does happen, then you know, Hell bonjour. Yeah. Am I right? Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's how it goes. Anyways, yeah, we'll do uh, we'll do the next episode in French. Uh, yeah, well, I'm gonna need a translator. Um... <laughs> <laughs> all right uh we'll move on to the last series in the east um this one which they are playing right now um as we're yeah. recording this and looking at two, the two. score oh, oh wow okay so two two so it's i mean it's looking like a game here folks anders lee jordan yeah. eberle eberle sorry I don't, how do you say it? eberle, yeah. eberle? eberle okay I think yeah eberle. and then um a pair of goals by tj oshi so wow and and yeah, not to mention both, too both, both on the peeper which Washington yeah. has been struggling big time. I think yeah, they were. And hey, that's John Carlson assists too. That's yeah, Carlson back. Yeah, that's Carlson huge. back. That's that's definitely a game changer. Um, yeah. I think prior to I think it was they're in the second, right? Oh, they're in the third. So, um, I was listening to the first period on the way home, and the guy was saying that up into the game right now they were 0 and 12 on the power play from a washington team and they finished Ooh. 17th in in the league for power play percentage so i and you know what i honestly like i kind of i i was a little shocked because if you think about it 
when you have Ovi in the office, it's hard not to score. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you just yeah. keep feeding him passes and he'll keep just slinging them at the net. And then if not, you got Carlson, you got uh, Backstrom, you got Oshi. Like you, I mean, you just have so much uh, options on that power play. So definitely weird for, to see them struggling. But I mean, I mean, they obviously seem to have been doing something different um, against yeah. an Islanders team who uh, also struggled big time um, for letting power plays uh or sorry, they struggled on the penalty kill. Uh, last series, they let in like a ton of goals. I think they were four four goals on like, uh, I think it was like four, they were four and like 10 or something like that. Like just not yeah. not great uh, penalty yeah. kill percentage. So uh, definitely some keys there. Having Carlson back in the lineup is everything, man. Like I, this team is- Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It, like, like I said uh, before, if you don't have- Carlson on the back end and Ovechkin is not scoring for you then what do you have you know what I mean like there mm-hmm. you have to get it from somewhere and they weren't getting it from Ovi or Carlson because Carlson was obviously out but yeah 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 no um, I mean that Carlson I think I think he's probably the actual key to the power play because he feeds Ovi so much yeah um Ovi still doesn't have a point uh didn't get a point on either of those two goals uh, didn't get a point in the round robin. So, I mean, I wouldn't be that worried about it. The, the, he's not going to do anything different. We know exactly what to expect from him. And it's worked for, like, however, like 14 years or whatever. It's it's going to work for another couple. Yeah, of um, course. But the, I'm just looking, like, they're two for six on the peeper in this this game. Um, and we're just starting the third. Um, <laughs> if I'm the Islanders, I... I don't think I want to be taking six penalties a game. <laughs> no, and and I think so a lot of it. That's a bit of a concern. I think a lot of it is roughing too. Like a lot of the penalties yeah. have been roughing. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I actually think like it, on my little notepad here where I wrote down all my picks, this is the one series I have four three, but I don't have a team picked. Um, oh. I think I think this series is by far the hardest for me to pick, um, because I oh shit man like. I, I think it's so even, um, and the Islanders are just so hard to beat. I feel like all of the games are going to be close, and the Islanders have enough scoring talent and kind of like clutch gene to to pull out a few of those games. Um, Jordan Eberle, third goal of the playoffs so far. Yeah. Love to see that. He's Justin Williams 2.0 in the making, going back to the uh, Team Canada World Juniors days. The dude, the dude scores. The dude scores when it matters. That's why he sucked on Ad- Edmonton. They never got into the playoffs. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think like this could come down to to which goalie can steal a game. Um, I feel like obviously Washington is the higher seed. They haven't been looking great offensively. Obviously, they've been missing. I think Backstrom missed a game in the round robin, and they were missing Carlson. So. Both of those are huge additions once they come back. Um, and they have the depth in scoring. Like, you don't have to worry. Like, obviously, Oshie has both the goals today. Tom Wilson, Kuznetsov. Like, there, there are people outside of Ovechkin and, and Backstrom that can put up points. Um, but I would be worried about, like, getting enough scoring against the Islanders, which sounds weird to say, talking about the Capitals. But right. Um, right. I... I, I Oh, yeah. I think this will go the seven games. 
I almost want to say Islanders here. I I really do. Yeah, well, I mean, you're not I alone mean, because I am kind of thinking the same thing. Uh, I mean, I don't think I've also seen enough uh, Washington play in the playoffs so far with Carlson in. Um, so, so yeah. far, Carlson has been part of both goals, and yeah. it's been one game. So, I mean, if Carlson can yeah, keep... If Carlson can keep, like, slinging the puck, like, tape to tape, you know, just, just absolutely, like, lasering passes to the boys and getting some some fucking scoring chances for Washington, I think that they might be able to pull this out. The problem is, yeah. is that, like, the Islanders play such a defensive type of hockey that if they can't get anything going and they're spending most of their time in their own end, like if Washington is spending most of the time in their own end, just chasing yeah. the puck around while the Islanders are just playing that gritty, like in the corners, just grind it out kind of uh, offense, then they're going to really, really struggle because they're going to be blowing all their tires in their own zone or own. Oh, I was, I, wow. I said zone and end in the same word. Um, <laughs> It, they're they're gonna be tired by the time that they get up top. So I mean, I don't know. I am honestly leaning more towards the Islanders in this series. Um, yeah, I just like I don't. I also am just I don't have a whole lot of faith in Holtby. Like the guy, the guy can play unreal, and he's he won a cup two years ago. Like I'm not saying that yeah. he can't do it because he did it, but yeah. he's been so unimpressive like the last year. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just, it, it's tough to, it's tough to give Washington, you know, a, a, a fighting chance against a team that just plays such shutdown hockey and has done it so well with a team that is not really all that filled with superstars. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. Matt Barzell, but he is kind of asleep 90% of the time until he just wakes up and then just starts ripping down the ice and scores a you know, a breakaway yeah. goal to seal yeah, the deal. He does, and he does have an assist in this game on, uh, on Everly's goal. Yeah. So, um, so he's there, but yeah, I mean, and coaching too, it's like on the surface of it, uh, Washington has a first year head coach, I believe. And obviously against Barry Trotz, like, yeah, you know, that's, that's a little bit of a mismatch and this could come down to, to making slight tweaks a little bit like small coaching adjustments. Yeah. Um, which we saw a lot, I think, in the in the play-ins that that coaching played a huge part in those series. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I actually think like I'm really close to giving this to the Islanders, but I think John Carlson, um, and uh, the fact that they're doing as like they're doing, they've looked okay without Ovechkin getting a point, just makes me think at some point he's going to start firing them in. Yeah. And that'll put them over the top. So I'm taking, I'm going to take Washington in seven, uh, four, three in the series. Um, but this is going to be a close one. That's a tough one to call for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go, uh, you know what? It's tough to say, but I think I'm going to give, uh, I'm going to give Washington a, a fighting chance. Uh, I'm going to, oh, as the Islanders score. And a short-handed oh. goal by Josh Bailey. Oh no! <laughs> I literally jinxed it. The moment I said it, I jinxed it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I I still think I think Washington is going to come through. The only thing that I think is going to um, benefit the Islanders over uh, the Capitals is the fact that um, 
or sorry, uh, vice versa, is Washington is going to know how Barry Trotz coaches a team. Yeah, like he, the, the, he's going to know the system, right? So mm -hmm. if you already know the system and the players have played that way before, they know exactly what the type of play style you need in order to counter that trap style hockey that Barry Trotz loves to to teach and and you know it it works like I mean I'm not saying it's a bad thing it obviously works so yeah um yeah. that's the only thing I'm gonna say uh, regarding that series right there um for the end but yeah I'm definitely gonna give it to Washington I I think it's gonna go seven games like and I know I've yeah. said that for a lot of these series but the East is very close in all its matchups like yeah. even if you disregard the seeding you know like well and especially like looking at the play-ins like seeding doesn't even seem to matter that much all of these te any team can win um it almost felt like a coin flip in a couple of the play-in series uh and I think all of these are like fairly close uh, other than the the Philadelphia series, I feel like the lower seeded team actually matches up well against the higher seeded team in these. Um, so it'll be close. And like this Capitals uh, Islanders series could very well come down to special teams, especially given how how good Washington's power play can be. Um, the fact that they just let in a shorthanded goal uh, is a little bit concerning. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean, I like it goes both ways, right? So. Yeah, um, that's, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a tight one. Yep. Uh, and with that, that kind of concludes the uh, Eastern Conference uh, bracket. So yeah. Um, yeah, we'll move on to the West. Wait, wait, which, wait. Before, oh, who did you pick out of the East starting the before the plans when we did our first one? Did you say you picked Washington, right? Yes. Yeah, I did. All right. And, and I took and... I took Pittsburgh. I had Pittsburgh oh, winning the cup. Okay, so, so who's uh, your who's your pick now? I gotta go Philly. Yeah. I go Philly, close second to Carolina. Yeah, and you know what? I like. I would like to change mine to Philly, but uh, just for the sake of the <laughs> nah, pod, you're not allowed to. <laughs> I know. I just for the sake of the pod, I'm keeping the Washington Capitals. I think that they're they're still a great team. They won it two years ago. They they have the ability to do it. So yeah. if anything, they've gotten better over the last two years because they've picked up a couple key players. But anyways, um, yeah, we'll move on to the uh first series that uh they played yesterday, um. And that is the Vegas Golden Knights and the Chicago Blackhawks. So uh, we got the first seeded uh, Las Vegas Golden, or I guess I guess it is just Vegas Golden Knights. eh? like nobody really calls yeah. them the Las Vegas Golden Knights. But, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Anyways, I don't, I don't know. the the <laughs> first seed Knights versus the eight seed uh, Blackhawks. So um, I mean, man, like we we've been saying before how scary um, Vegas looks. And this is just yeah. this is just another example of how how they they can just do work, especially on a team that cannot tighten up defensively. Like I don't know. Like looking at I again, this was a late game, so I like I wasn't able to watch the game. But mm -hmm. man, um, four one is not not a, a score that is like even remotely close. Um, yeah. Although although the game was a little bit closer than that um it went two nothing vegas two one and there was a little bit there where it looked like chicago could come back and then three one and then four one okay um, but so... also chicago chicago didn't pull their goalie at four one which was a little bit weird to me oh um but yeah so vegas four one first game um close for a bit but they they looked they looked like the better team yeah um so just going over some of the stats here, both teams 0 for 2 on the power play. Um, so special teams really didn't play a whole lot of 
um yeah. or a, a didn't play a huge role in this game um but it, yeah if you look man um i i gotta say riley smith absolutely buzzing for yeah. the golden Holy knights shit. uh if if you have one guy that you want to be uh firing you want to have marcia Saul and riley smith up the ice just absolutely just sauce and pucks in the back of the net which is we saw that happen so much in the regular season like this is yeah. a this is a golden knight's win that mark stone wasn't even on the score sheet like are, yeah. are you serious like yeah. you had ryan reeves get an assist but you didn't have mark stone <laughs> get even a secondary assist and you still won 4-1 so this is uh, man this is going to be such a hard series for chicago to win and like i said when i opened up like the series if if chicago can't defensively tighten up against this highly offensive uh golden knights team they're they're going to be swept like they are going to be swept so i uh, like given what i've already said so far and not to mention actually sorry they got pastoretti back yeah yeah and and he is yeah, he's huge like pastoretti is a big their, part their best score yes yeah exactly yeah. so i mean this is looking not good for chicago um but i mean we we counted chicago out in the first round against edmonton and i know edmonton you chicago them, though, didn't you i picked chicago yeah yeah so i didn't but you did <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah so i don't know like i i'm not <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that chicago can't steal a game or two but this yeah. is all vegas for me like this is all vegas um yeah. i'm gonna say i'm gonna give chicago the benefit of the doubt i'm gonna say that vegas is gonna take this series 4-1 hmm. okay i just like the montreal series i think they're gonna get a game Maybe one yeah. game where, you know, um, because, I mean, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, they don't just roll over. We, we've seen them exactly. before in the playoffs, and, and Crawford is a great goalie. He had an 8.82 save percentage in that first game. But again, like, you have to adjust to the, the type of offense that Vegas is giving. And, like, if you haven't played them in a long yeah. time... I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get scored on. That's just what happens. So, um, <laughs> yeah. what do you think about the series or the first game, anyways? I mean yeah i don't i don't disagree with you on a lot of those points um chicago i feel like looked great against edmonton um as much of it was edmonton kind of shitting the bed defensively um obviously vegas is a completely different beast from edmonton um much more well-rounded very much a two-way team still has that still have the offensive capabilities um Robin Lehner is actually their starting goalie, started game one, um, and presumably will be going forward. But having Marc-Andre Fleury in your back pocket isn't exactly a bad feeling. No, not um, at all. Not at all. So, you know, a couple games get away from them. Uh, you bring Fleury in, he could just steal a series right there. Um, uh, you mentioned Patch Reddy coming back. That's huge. Um, and I, like, so I, I heard some people saying, you know, like, you know, p plugging someone like that back into the lineup, you kind of might mess up the rhythm the players already have. I don't feel like that's the case with Vegas. I feel like Vegas is a very um, five, like all five men on the ice oriented type of play. Um, and that like plugging, like kind of, kind of plugging one player in versus another doesn't make a huge difference, except 
Max Pacioretty has a friggin' release on the kid. So yeah, um, he does. You know, you probably you probably add a couple expected goals there. Um, but I mean, like I, I think I have I have Vegas winning five or uh, four two. Um, I think Vegas is the better team. I think they might be the best team in the West. Um, and like, there's really no aspect of their game that you can point to and say like, yeah, that's that's where they're weak. You know, that's they match up badly because of like these things. I think they they basically are about as solid of a team, well rounded of a team as as you're gonna get this year. Um, having said that, Jonathan Taves, Duncan Keith, Patrick Kane, Crawford, like these guys. They they gave them a lifeline, you know. They didn't have a hope in hell of making the playoffs. Now they're in the playoffs, and you know, like I feel like it's been a couple seasons. These guys are going to be like, oh hey, this is playoff hockey, and you know, it's going to be re-energizing for them. Um, so I think you know, maybe even you give them one game, they get rolling. They could be a scary team, man. Um, and like obviously, if they beat the Knights. I think they're probably the favorites out of the West just because that would be, that'd be pretty insane. Um, but I, and like, obviously they're still pretty, pretty heavy underdogs here, but I mean, for those gamblers out there, Chicago to win the Western conference at 15 to one odds, Jeez. isn't looking too bad right now. Not that's looking pretty, too bad. That's pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah. So, I would take that to be honest. Yeah. But, yeah there you go. So, yeah. I mean, this series, I think that's that's the toughest. I like. I don't think Chicago matches up that well against Vegas, but I mean, their top players just put on a clinic against Edmonton, and on top of that, a lot of their young guys got rolling. Kirby Doc looked incredible yep. against Edmonton. Kubalik, just insane. Had an insane regular season too. Um, so like those those. Like guys, you know, DeBrincat. I don't know if DeBrincat's actually played a playoff series before. Um, even though he put up like 42 goals in his rookie season, I yeah, don't think no, they made the no, playoffs that I year. I don't think he has. Um, yeah, uh, Dylan Strom, I believe. Dylan, not Ryan. Um, yeah, no, it's Dylan for sure. Dylan Strom, yeah. Um, Brandon Saad. Like those kids. Yeah. Oh my God, Brand getting Brandon Saad back is massive for that team. Huge. Um, yep. Huge. So, like, I, I feel like they could... I think they're going to make a series of it. I, I would give them... I'll give them two games, maybe a third game. Um, if it goes to seven, Vegas is in deep shit, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think this is going to be a lot closer than, than a lot of people might think. I'm, gonna, I'm still going to... I'm going to stick with Vegas 4-2, um, but I think it's going to be a close 4-2. Yeah. I, I think you're right. Uh, the longer that this series goes on for, the more that Chicago has a chance of beating them. Um, yeah. but man, uh, definitely uh, one thing that I wanted to touch on quickly before we move on, uh, starting Robin Leonard in net, that's, uh, that's yeah. definitely a statement right there. Um, Robin Leonard was playing definitely the better hockey in terms of, he was putting up some great numbers against, uh, the other teams in the round Robin. So I can understand why you would go with him to start. Um, but yeah, like you said, like, if Robin Leonard is having a bad game or a bad two games, you throw Mark Andre Fleury in net, and and there you go, you're you're set. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry yeah, about yeah. your goaltender at all. So no, you ride the hot one exactly. So I I definitely think that um, Chicago is not out, and uh, they they could potentially beat the Golden Knights. But yeah, I think 
like I, I'm just still gonna stick with four one. I think Chicago, if yeah. if they get a game, then Vegas is gonna come out just guns ablaze and like, like you know, we've seen Mark Stone absolutely take games over. So we'll we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so with that being said, we'll move on to the other game that was played uh, yesterday, and that was the Dallas Stars versus the Calgary Flames. So, um. Mike, I know you're a big fan of Dallas. Um, I don't know. Have your thoughts oh, changed dude. at all? <laughs> so um, they're actually currently on a 10-game losing streak. Oh, if, you go back, if you go back to the end of the regular season, they lost their last six of their regular season. Oh, they lost my. all three round-robin games, and now they've lost the first game of the, the playoffs. And despite all of that, I'm still taking Dallas to win this season. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm taking them 4-3. I think it's going to be a close one. I feel like Calgary matches up well against them. Um I don't personally I don't actually know where I think Dallas is going to get their scoring from. Um but I, I think it'll come. I just don't see them losing four games. I mean it it's, it sounds weird to say about a team that's lost 10 in a row. I just don't see them losing four games against Calgary. Um, and what I like uh, at one point in that game last night, I mean, I was watching the the Tampa Bay game, obviously history right. in progress, but right. um, they came back. Like they actually made a game of it. At one point it looked like Calgary might just run away with it. Um, one weird thing. I don't know why, like maybe they actually think Kudobin is better, but they, they started Kudobin for that game. Um, over Ben Bishop, it'd be interesting to see if that that stays that way um, for the series. Well, I'm um, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure as of right now, Ben Bishop is still hurt. Oh, really? Okay, that'll that'll yeah. do it then. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, I mean, I felt like the, in what little I watched while the the Tampa Bay Columbus game was at intermission, Heiskanen looked like the best player on Dallas, um, and that's not, I don't think, that much of a surprise. The no, kid's unreal. Not quite. Um, but I think in a seven-game series, I feel like the the quality Dallas has has to rise to the top. Um, Joe Pavelski, the someone they got for this season, um, has the experience and he plays the right type of game. You know, like he'll stand in front of the net and tip pucks, um, and that might be what you All need in this long. series. Yep, yep. Um, they have the size that Winnipeg felt like they didn't have against Calgary. Dallas is not going to get bullied around the same way. Um, they just need Tyler Sagan to get going, man. Um, well, that's the been... thing is Tyler Sagan is yeah. also hurt. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. He played last night, no? I don't think so. Oh, fuck. I think, yeah, Ben Bishop and Tyler Sagan are both not playing right now. <laughs> Why? Why? I don't know, dude. I don't know. Are they trying to fuck me? Wait, let me let me just double check. Oh no, he did play. Okay, never Sagan, mind. Never mind. Sagan healthy for game one. Yeah. Okay. okay. So he played. He played. Maybe not 100. percent Right. We'll, we'll assume he wasn't 100. percent Um. But yeah, no. So Sagan, if he, if he can get on the board, I think they got a good shot at this. Yeah. And yeah. I like. I I can't help but feel like Calgary didn't deserve to beat Winnipeg. Um, I feel like Winnipeg healthy kicks their ass um so dallas i mean they're deep shit if they lose this series man like after what their owner said at the beginning of or at the end of last season yeah to to lose 
10 games in a row, then lose your playoff series, first round playoff series. Um, that's not going to be a great look for them. Um, so they're going to, ha- they have a lot to play for. Uh, and I feel like they have the pieces, you know, they have a lot of great skaters on defense, big guys too. Um, between Heiskanen, um, what's his name? The Alexiak, uh, and then the third guy who I'm forgetting right now. That's the Lindell. Um, yeah, 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 Lindell. Um, like they're, they're looking good. I, I mean, I feel like 10 game losing streaks kind of harsh, but, uh, you know, I, I think Calgary will slow down as this series goes on. Uh, what do you think? Well, I think a lot of things about this series. series. (laughs) Um, man, I, well, just looking at the stats here, I got to bring this up. Um, so three power plays in, in total, um, all three converted. So Calgary one for one on the power play, Dallas two for two on the power play. So I don't know whether that means that, uh, like, I don't know. It's tough to say. I think like both of these teams are very, very strong on the power play, but maybe that's just because the other teams are bad on the penalty kill. You know what I mean? Like it's, I I don't, I don't know. I don't know why right now, like both teams have a hundred percent on the power play, but, but that's, that's both of Dallas's goals. Like, yeah, exactly. So, um, it'll be interesting to see if next game, like I just realized Calgary got two shorthanded goals two what yeah no did they yeah it says here uh two it, it says uh dylan dubay got a, the first shorthanded goal and then rasmus anderson got another shorthand i don't know whether that's like a typo uh true by, by uh, them TSI but... it says dubay's first goal was a power play okay so maybe it was a oh no his first goal is a power play it says his second one is a uh, is a shorthanded okay yeah so um, but anyways, like regardless, um, I mean, these teams are going to have to tighten up and you know, what'll happen, you know, it will happen as the series goes on. But to be honest, dude, like I don't really have that much faith in the Dallas stars. And I said this before as well, and they ended up, uh, they ended up, you know, not doing great in the round Robin. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, like Ben Bishop is, is a big reason why Dallas would have done or sorry, I shouldn't say would have as if uh, as if it's past tense, but like would be playing better. Um, Kudobin's not bad, but at the same time, Ben Bishop is an absolute wall. He reminds me a lot of Halibuck in the sense that like he can take over a game just simply by standing in the net. You know what I mean? Yeah. So or sitting in the net, really? Exactly. Whatever. <laughs> what, he could be reading a newspaper. It doesn't even fucking matter. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. With that being said, like I I'm not like like you said. Dallas has the pieces. I don't know why they just don't have success. Like I, I don't yeah, understand it, weird. and it's and really it is weird. very strange that they're on this like massive slide. Um, you know, I don't know, man. I, I just, I think, I think Calgary has this series. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet a hundred percent on it, but I think it'll go like, I think it's gonna be six games. I think Calgary is gonna take it four two. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I, since, since I called out, uh, Goudreau, he started to put some points up. So, uh, if he can keep contributing, then, you know, 
I mean, yeah, Lucic randomly for some reason fuck? is starting to get points. Who knows why? Um, four assists. He, I'm not saying he's going to score a lot, even though he has a goal. Um, but, but I mean, yeah, he's, he's contributing as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, this, I'm not saying that this, this team is necessarily going to be making a run for the cup, but when you have Dallas on the other end of the ice, I think (laughs) this is an easy first round if Dallas does not pick up their shit. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's all. I mean, I I feel like Dallas is just hard to beat. I don't know why I think that given the last few games, but fuck man um yeah yeah I, that's I all know, really I you could say, say. Fuck, i don't man. even know what to say they were my dark horse pick back in like february or january yeah so they were on fire but they seemed to have completely lost whatever it was that um that they were that they were doing right yeah whatever wave yeah, whatever they were riding they were... exactly um but yeah i don't know i think we'll end that series right there if unless you have any yeah. final notes no just year four two uh calgary yeah, I'm four two. And I'll go. I'll go four three Dallas. Okay, sounds good. Going the distance. All right. Uh, well, we will break down the other two series now. Um, Colorado versus Arizona, who are playing right now as we speak. They just finished the first period. Uh, wow, thirteen shots on goal for Colorado to Arizona's three. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, a, a pretty, a pretty. I wouldn't say expected <laughs> first period, but definitely not an active one for the Arizona Coyotes. We'll see how that plays out. So, um, yeah. but going into the series, uh, what do you like? What are your thoughts on it? Well, to be perfectly honest with you, um, Arizona surprised me a lot in their playing series against Nashville. Um, they looked much better offensively than I was expecting them to. Um, Taylor Hall was looking good um, and looking like integrated into the team in a way that I don't think he kind of was looking uh, at the end of the regular season. I totally agree. Um, yeah, so that's a positive. They were getting a lot of secondary scoring. Dvorak was was coming up huge. Clayton Keller um, was actually sure. scoring. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure is if if Ekman Larson is playing this game. He must be, right? Uh, um, I will take a look right now. But because he he looked like he might have might have taken a hit in the last Nashville game. Um, that's a big piece for them at the back end. Just kind of kind of adds a lot of stability to the to the lineup. Yeah, he's um, he's playing. Okay, so I feel like at their very best, Arizona could potentially match up well against Colorado. Um, they have the speed, um, they have the secondary scoring to kind of offensively compete with Colorado, assuming that Kemper keeps playing the way he's been playing. Kemper is a huge reason why they beat Nashville. I feel like he has to be their best player if they're going to win anything um, this year in the playoffs, especially against a Colorado team that just has offense for days. Right. Um, but like really, like I obviously I think I don't know if I called Nashville the sweep Arizona or if it I called three one, um, but <laughs> I'm kind I kind of leaning towards that again. I don't see Arizona taking more than a game off Cal- or Colorado here. Yeah, and you know what? Like obviously, there's a bias for me in this yeah. series. Um, yeah. But I just like you said, like in the in the final seconds there of of like what you were saying it it's so tough to think that Arizona is going to be able to take more, um, more than a game or even two off of Colorado. Um, that Mm -hmm. being said, I wouldn't be surprised if it was maybe the first or the second game 
uh, that Arizona was able to get. Um, yeah. But to be fair, like Arizona was looking really, really good against Nashville. That being said, Nashville is also one of those teams that struggles offensively uh, big time when it comes to consistency. Not, yeah. not just in terms of like their ability to score. It's just their ability to score consistently and, and be able to go up against multiple different uh, play styles and multiple different teams to be able to be like, okay, we can consistently put pucks in the net no matter who we're facing or what goalie we're facing, right? So yeah. um, I think for Arizona, Nashville was probably the best team that they could have faced uh, out of the West. Yeah. I, don't, I, I yeah, think maybe. if there was any other team, I think they would have struggled big, big time. <laughs> So, Except for maybe uh, Dallas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, luckily, they they uh, you know Dallas was safe in the round robins, but holy, um, but yeah, no, I think um, in the round robin play, like Nathan McKinnon had a goal, one one goal. I I'm not sure how many assists. I think he had a few, but regardless, like once Nathan McKinnon, like Nathan McKinnon in playoff hockey is like a whole different player. You know what I mean? Like he has the ability to turn it on. Um, and then mm -hmm. same, Miko Rantanen has been getting assists, but he's also been fairly qui quiet in the goal scoring end. Um, so same with Landis Cog. So that top line, similar to Boston, has got points, but not like, you know, taking over games like, you know, Colorado has has normally done, you know, game yeah. in and game out. Um, yeah. So far, the scoring has come from the second line, the third line, from the defensemen. So you got Gerard with a lot of assists, a lot of contribution. Uh, Ryan Graves with a goal. Um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how much of uh, the depth from Colorado is going to have an impact, um, not in just the, in this series, but going forward as well. Because um, right now, I think it's going to be it's going to be a battle between who has more depth, whether it's Arizona or Colorado. And I mean, just on paper and talking about it we both probably can agree that Colorado has a lot more firepower than Arizona. Yeah, oh, so oh, definitely. Yeah. And I, I feel like, I don't know, like Taylor Hall obviously wants it, but I feel like Colorado has been closer for longer. Right. And so some of those guys that have been around like McKinnon, like Landis Cog are chomping at the bit to make a run. Um, and those are those are your high end guys. I think they're going to do everything in their power to make sure they don't lose this series. And I think that's just too much for uh, for Arizona ha Arizona to handle. Unless you end up with a scenario where Darcy Kemper is putting up forty five saves a night or some crazy shit like that. Right. Um, I don't I don't see any way that Arizona wins this series. To be honest. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, so what you said four one. Yeah, I have Colorado 4-1. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to say the exact same thing. I, I, I'm going to give them a game, but I don't know necessarily if that's even certain. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, with that being said, we'll move on to the final um, series, which they play tonight as well. Yes, mm -hmm. it's, good. it's the yeah. very, very late game, the 10.30 Eastern time yeah. game. Yeah. Um, the St. Louis Blues versus the Vancouver Canucks. So I'm... I'm very very split on this series and i know you're probably not so you go first like what what are your thoughts on this series well so st louis swept vancouver in the the regular season 
oh, games really? they played. Yeah, I believe so. Huh. Um, I don't want to put too much weight behind that. Um, I think this that's that's not necessarily that relevant. Um, St. Louis didn't look great in the the round robin, um, which is like slightly concerning, I guess. But I feel like they just match up well against Vancouver. I feel like Vancouver definitely has a shot at this. Um, they looked like they were getting rolling against Minnesota. My problem, my thing is though, I just feel like St. Louis is Minnesota, except like eight times better. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. They have they have the same like skill. They're just bigger. Um, they've won more. They have more depth. And they have a better goalie. Um, so I, I mean, I I can see Vancouver winning a game or two, but I I think it would take a lot for St. Louis to actually lose this series. Um. St. Louis, like, I don't know what the deal with Tarasenko is. I don't think he has a point yet. No, uh, he has, and I don't he even, I don't even know, I don't even know whether he's playing on their top line. I'll, I'll admit, I didn't get to see it, uh, many of their uh, round robin games. Um, but that's someone that I would expect to like bring some of that high end skill um, that matches up well against a team like Vancouver. I feel like, um, and like Vancouver can skate, but again, they're not the biggest team. No, um no. and like you look at like players on the back end like Quinn Hughes I can guarantee you is going to get punished in this series like oh you want the puck behind your net here eat some boards you know yeah um so the 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 St. Louis forecheck is going to be punishing St. Louis D are just so damn big um it's I find it hard to imagine a world where Vancouver's forwards find enough space to really get a foothold in this series um elias Patterson excluded because i think that guy could find space in a freaking telephone booth but yeah exactly um i yeah I, I mean i think st louis pretty much any any metric you look at they have the advantage like size i think they're faster more experienced better goaltending um and just like more physical I feel like I feel like this is a really hard matchup for Vancouver. I can't see them taking more than a game or two. So I, th- I think I have St. Louis four one in this series. Um, and the only like, I think the size difference is going to be massive. Um, maybe it might be closer than four one, but for Vancouver to do anything in this series, their top line has to just get to another level. Right. Yeah, you know what? And you pretty much touched on everything there. I can't I can't add too much um to what you said, but uh, like all I got to say is like Vancouver very much needs to be offensive heavy and outscore the Blues. That being yeah. said, that's not easy to do against them. Yeah, good good luck. That's not easy <laughs> at all. Yeah. And when it happens, like if St. Louis is not playing well, then they get scored on a lot, like a lot, and they let the floodgates in of goals, but that doesn't happen often. And what we saw last year is like, it was a lot of low scoring games. It was a lot of really, really heavy hitting games. And over Mm -hmm. a seven game series, if you're, even if you draw at the distance, like St. Louis is heavily favored um, in in a longer series, let alone a short one, right? So when you're playing a Vancouver team that's very inexperienced, they have literally no no experience other than maybe JT Miller. Um, 
in which i mean you can, you have to have more experience than just one player right and i there's yeah. probably other ones i know i'm just that's the like one of the top guys off the top of my head right now but yeah they still have alex edler right who's been around but, yeah he's uh, been but you know like yeah, St. Yeah. Louis has has literally won a cup last year. <laughs> they have all the experience that you would need in order to, yeah. you know what I mean. So they yeah. also had yeah. extremely close series, um, serieses, if that's the word. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's just I can't see Vancouver getting past this. Like, I I don't even need to explain it. Anybody that has watched hockey can, will would be able to understand that. Vancouver needs to do so much more than just play like the Vancouver Canucks in order to make it past this series. And yeah. I know Vancouver's a great team, but they're not there yet. They barely yeah. squeaked into the playoffs as it is. And like, I can't see them getting past St. Louis. It's just, uh, there, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that St. Louis is going to be able to just like, you know, move on from this. They, they're going to treat this series as a, okay, guys, this is practice for, you know, the next series, whoever we end up playing, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And I think you make a really good point that like St. Louis will win the close games. Um, the low scoring close games, like two, one, three, two. Yeah. Um, maybe like a three, one in there or something like that. Um, and if, if, if things start getting run and gun, maybe a little out of hand, that's where I think Vancouver can thrive. Um, like look at the, I feel like, stylistically um there's a lot of similarities between the way vancouver wants to play uh and the way chicago plays right um and like you know you have that like one really great puck moving defenseman um and then a couple really great skilled players a couple great shots um and then depth lines right. um and so like you see the the five nothing chicago against st louis in the exhibition game um, and St. Louis hasn't looked that much better than that since then, although they've been in closer games. Um, so I would say, like, you know, a lot of people are talking about the the Calder battle last year, Pedersen versus Bennington. Uh, for for me, for, for Vancouver to have a chance in this series, not only would Pedersen have to be insanely good, Binnikin, Bennington would have to shit the bed. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't see both of those things happening. So maybe one, maybe the other, but but not both, so. No, I agree. Uh, I, I agree with you. Like St. St. Louis, I think is is by far the favorite in this one. Yeah, and it's it's by a long shot for me. Um, I'm gonna say four one for St. Louis. I'll I'll give Vancouver just the benefit of the doubt and give them one one game because I think yeah. it yeah, could yeah. happen. Like let's say Bennington has a bad like let's say Bennington gets into the booze the night before. Like <laughs> you, you know, I I think then maybe. Um, yeah. but to be honest, like it's it's just. I don't even need, like I said before, I don't even need to explain myself. Like, it's just, yeah. it's all well, out yeah, there. Man. It's all out there, and right? Like, and, like, looking at the play-ins, like, looking at how hard the games were for the fifth seeds versus the 12th seed, both the five seeds lost. Like, it's really hard to call a sweep in any series at this point just because it feels like there's not that much of a gap. Right. right? Yeah. So, like, I think we've said we've called a lot of 4-1s, a couple 4-2s. Um it's really hard to see any team beating another team four straight in any of these series. Yeah, it's true. Sweeps are just, especially like first round of the playoffs. Like it's, it's, you can't, I mean, you could, you could be like me and, yeah. and you know, it's yeah. oh, Montreal's <laughs> going to get swept and then it doesn't happen and you look like an yeah. idiot. Um, But idiot. I don't know. Like, I don't yeah. know. It's, no, it's I just, agree. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, uh, pretty, 
pretty self-explanatory on that series. Even staring at the screen right now when I'm looking at St. Louis Blues logo under Stanley Cup champions, it's just, you know, <laughs> yeah. then you look at Vancouver and you're like, well, you have no experience whatsoever. So it's yeah. like, um, yeah. yeah. But yeah. So with that being said, uh, that's pretty much everything. So yeah, that wraps um, it up. the one thing that I think we should touch on prior to ending the episode, which I know this has been an extremely long episode, but it's because we missed a couple days and we need to catch up. Um, yeah. So the draft lottery, uh, you know, laugh. uh, Lafreniere going to the New York Rangers. So I, I don't know about you, Mike, but I think this is, this is 100% what the Rangers needed in order to take that next step. And like, they are going to be a great team for so long uh man we were talking about how ranger how good the rangers were and yeah they got swept by carolina but carolina is also in a different um stage yeah. of development compared to the rangers right now um yeah i think the Car carolina is the rangers in five years e exactly maybe, three, maybe, maybe even three. less maybe even yeah. less i would say yeah. um so yeah man like lafreniere going to the rangers and first before we dive into the logistical part of how lafreniere will be able to benefit the rangers Man, that video of Toronto hitting the post twice on going <laughs> up the tunnel, and you can see yeah. the Leaf logo. Oh my god, uh, that feels so bad. It feels yeah. so bad. I mean, a lot. That's you know, painful. you're always you're always gonna get the people that are gonna say it's rigged. Which, you know what? I would not be surprised if the NHL rigged it. However, yeah, or you, or just the Rangers somehow rigged it without yeah. the NHL knowing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. The possibilities are really endless. But really um, that being said, Toronto fans are going to come up with any sort of excuse as to why something didn't happen, rather than why something did happen. So that's fair. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so Lafreniere going to the Rangers, man. Like, I, I they are going to be such a good team. Like, man, I was, I was saying, like. I think I was talking to Chris, everybody, Chris. Yeah. I actually Shout out think, Chris. yeah, crispy skis. Yeah. I, I, I almost think that the Rangers, like, obviously there would have been a lot more uproar had it been Toronto or Edmonton or Pittsburgh, just because of the obvious high end pieces those teams have. Um, like imagining a line with McDavid, Dreisaitl, Lafreniere, or right. Toronto having like eight first round picks or first overall picks basically in their team like um i think the rangers looking at where their team's at in their rebuild or quote unquote rebuild looking at the pieces they have and the depth they have i think they're actually the most scary team that could have got lafreniere yeah. um yeah. you look at this season like what they have, I think they have five defensemen under the age of 23, a couple of which are already signed past their entry levels. So they're not even going to have to like spend a bunch of cap space signing uh, a bunch of young guys on D. Um, they have two good young goalies. Um, they have Panarin signed long term. Yep. They have Zabanejad signed long term. So like you, they have the experience at forward. They had the, a great season this year. Capococco didn't look very good. Uh, I I believe a lot in him. He'll I I think he'll he'll turn it around. He will develop. Just needs, it's... Yeah, he needs a year or two. Um, and he I think he's going to turn into one of the best players in the league eventually. Um, 
So I feel like looking at their pe- the pieces, like Lafreniere in Toronto almost would have caused more shit than, than it would have done good, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I agree. Like, like, obviously, you can't, like, getting the first overall pick isn't worse than not getting the first overall pick. But that would there would have would have made some really tough decisions there. Um, Pittsburgh obviously has great pieces, but it would be Lafreniere would more be the next generation. You're not going to get too many years of him playing with the Crosby Malkin duo, right? Um, and Edmonton, I mean, it would have been great. I don't I don't necessarily know where whether Lafreniere like if you look at their team like top to bottom. Outside of the top five, they don't actually have a great team. No. Right? Not, whereas, not even close. Yeah. Whereas the Rangers, I mean, I feel like you look at their team and it's like their team on paper, given another two years of like development and maybe a couple moves, are already like a top five team in the league. You know, like give, give that back end a little bit more experience. Um, get Shesterkin or Gorgiev like kind of well-established in the league and then those high-end offensive guys like Kako, Panarin, Zibanejad um like that's a scary-ass team already yeah add Alexis Lafreniere who I think is probably gonna be an incredible like he, he already is an incredible forward but a great NHL two-way winger um he's gonna be able to score goals he's gonna be able to play both ways like talk about putting a team over the top that's uh for me that's really crazy right and like just looking at their lineup right now like um even let's say Lafreniere comes into the league next year starts next year right like uh which which that's what they're projecting him to be an instant he's just going to come into the league and he's going to be playing right away like um capo caco did um now of course, uh, especially given what happened last year with the draft with uh, Jack Hughes and Capo Caco, like you gotta obviously take these drafts with like, you know, not yeah. like not too seriously because these guys although, these guys are although, good, right? Yeah, I would say Lafreniere is more set up to succeed right away than either Caco or Hughes were last year. Right. So yeah, like, and that's the thing is like from what I've heard and from what I've seen. The, like he is he's going to be a player he's like being compared to Sidney Crosby in the sense yeah. where his his impact will be felt immediately rather than he'll need a couple of years to uh really pick up the pace so mm-hmm. if you're looking at this team like you got uh even the second line um you have Chris Kreider on the left wing Ryan Strom in the middle and Kako on the right so not to put both like like if you were to even bump down Chris Kreider down to the third line and put Lafreniere on the second line. You're you're yeah. already oh, yeah. completely changing the dynamic of not only that line, but like Lafreniere might help Kako develop in the sense where, you know, totally. he's going to be able to get him the puck in positions that maybe Kreider will not be able to, right? Like Well, yeah, and and on top of that, like they're both big dudes. Like yeah. Kapo Kako is what? Like I think almost- he was like what's uh, two meters? It says he's one point nine meters. What the hell is that in feet? Uh, like wait, two meters? He's over, he's over six feet. Yeah. Um, like six two maybe. Six six or five. Six two <laughs> six five. Holy fuck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so he's big. Laffy's big. Like 
that like you're right put those two guys together that's a power forward line that i would not want to fuck with right yeah and and that's the thing is when you give uh, a young player like that uh just another young player that is also good that's gonna like that's gonna bounce off of each other like they're gonna be they're, they're gonna be buzzing as soon as they score and they start getting fired up it, it, they're gonna yeah. be buzzing and like then you have to think about the power play so you have Panarin, Zibanejad, and then you even have Pavel Bushnevich on the first line, right? But, yeah. like, Bushnevich, I would say, is kind of on the lower end of a top-line winger. So you could essentially, like, let's say uh, in the future, Lafreniere really starts fitting in. You are you could get him up there on the top line and, and even on the power play. And now you have Artemi Panarin, Zibanejad, and Lafreniere on your top line and on the ice while they're down, like the other team is down a man. Like that is just a recipe for being able to score a goal. You know what I mean? So I don't know, man. Like this is like this is one of the best teams I think that he could have gone for or gone to rather. Um, I it, it's going to be unreal to see him in the league. I'm just. I'm hoping that he has a little bit more success than Jack Hughes and Kako. And I know I said that before, we can't expect him to come in and immediately make an impact. But the only reason why I say that is because there was so much hype around Kako and Hughes, given that these are different hockey players. But, you know, if New York fans think that he's going to come in and he's going to be the saving grace and get these guys a cup within the next year or two, then maybe take a little bit of a step back and know that, like, there are other teams in the league that are also insanely good right now. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, like this team is going to be really good for a long time. And, and Lafreniere getting, getting to play in New York, like the big apple, what it yeah. like, I'm at, awesome he's him. yeah, he's, I would be so happy if I was him. Um, yeah. You're like, can you imagine if he got picked by Winnipeg? Like, yeah, you know, dude. he'd be happy that he'd be a Canadian team, but imagine going and living out in Winnipeg. Like well, Minnesota. Oh yeah, exactly. Like that's Winnipeg what I'm saying. Like Canada for him, right? Yeah, but uh, like he would be just like he would just be jonesing for a road trip. Like every time they'd be <laughs> on the away games, he'd be like fucking rights. Like even if he got put on Nashville, like at least yeah. you're in Nashville's a fun city. Yeah. yeah, at least yeah. you're in a fun city. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah it's yeah. not the greatest team, but I mean, and yeah, Matt Duchesne's somewhat of a douche, but I mean, like. <laughs> Like, you still you'd, you'd be putting you can, a, work, a, you can work past that exactly so but yeah, yeah no um yeah. past that last i think thing, i think yeah. the rangers are, are a great team for him to go to yeah last thing i would say about it is going back to the thing like comparing it to the the leafs edmonton pittsburgh it's like all of those teams like obviously you're not going to say no to a consensus first overall pick that's been as dominant as lafreniere has been in junior um even like looking at the the world junior championships um in january like he he carried the shit out of canada like he was unbelievable in that tournament um but i think there's something to be said where a, a top line or top level left winger is really not what any of those teams needed you know right whereas like those teams if you if you had to pick like you know one wish give me a top prospect at this position all I think all of them would take a D man, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, maybe not so, Nashville, but no, I'm I'm talking about uh like the 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 teams that people were saying like it's kind of bullshit that they would even have a oh, chance right, at it, right? Like right, yeah, Edmonton, okay. Toronto, Pittsburgh, right? Like, yeah, teams that really had no right 
being in the conversation for the first overall pick to begin with. Um, yeah. Yeah. Whereas I think New York is in that same boat where it's like kind of bullshit that they get a first overall pick now, but left wing, like it's not necessarily that they need a left winger. Like obviously they have good left wingers already, but I don't necessarily think that they'd be like, yeah, we need a good demon. Like, look at their demon. Like, they've got Adam Fox, Tony D'Angelo, Jacob Truba. Right. Um, Mark Stahl is still there. So, like, they have a Ryan Lindgren, um, decent player as well. So, like, they they don't exactly need a position other than left wing. So, I feel like this just puts them that extra step over the top, which is, like, really scary, I think, for, for the other teams in the East moving forward. Like, obviously, oh, yeah. they busted this year in the playoffs, but... I wouldn't like, especially with the goaltending they might have like next year, look out. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And you know what? Like I know, I know Rangers fans are probably like just hysterical right now over the fact that they got the pick. So, I mean, to yeah. be honest, I think we, I think it's pretty set in stone that they're going to get Lafreniere. Um, like, yeah, if they pick somebody else, then I think it'll just completely fuck up the whole hockey world. Yeah. But I can't well, yeah. see them I not mean, picking. We can, you know, we can get yeah, we can get a little bit more into that. Um, we'll probably do a pre-draft episode or maybe even two. Right. Um, but I think like if you if you're not going to pick them, you trade the first overall pick. You don't just pick someone else. Yeah, of course. Um, right. So yeah. I I and I mean either way, that gives them a ton of wiggle room in terms of like what they want to do with it. So yeah, totally agree. But yeah, yeah, with that being said, I think I think that's pretty much it. We we covered a lot. We got a long, long episode. If you guys are still yeah. listening, thank you so much. Um, I mean, fuck, we we had a little bit of a late upload, but um, you know, still got to get the episode yeah. up to you guys. Uh, so hopefully you guys enjoyed it, and uh, I mean, enjoy watching the first round, legit round, I should say, of the Stanley yeah. Cup playoffs and. You know what? Hopefully this time around, my predictions at least are a little bit more spot on rather than uh, the play-in rounds. Because, wow, I got, uh, yeah, I kind of got fucked there. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, we will see you. So, I I mean, we're going to be uploading this on Wednesday night. So, uh, Mike, yeah. what, what are we aiming for another episode? Like, I'd say, you know, we're, this, this one's been a long one. Um, so, maybe this will be the only one for this week. I don't really yeah. think there will be anything anything much more we want to talk about before the weekend so Fair we'll probably just get right back at you record monday night and, and hit you with a tuesday morning epi so yeah we'll, we'll see y'all then yeah all right sounds good and uh yeah guys so have a good have a good rest of your week enjoy some uh hockey and i mean wash these games down with a nice cold beer you know yeah, so we, we need to get sponsored by a beer company holy shit definitely i i don't know who's it gonna be i'm not gonna throw a name out there right <laughs> now to cut our chances with other but seriously exactly. like um we need some beers in here boys so yeah <laughs> but any guys anyway guys holy shit long episode um Jesus. we're struggling here uh but thank you so much for uh listening to the pond and hopefully you'll come back sometime soon um thank you so much for listening and um Peace. Oh my god, I almost forgot I was in a fucking game. Oh, what a fucking jump.